Good morning, church, and thank you so much for, for having me. It is a pleasure to be back at my home congregation, and I pray that uh, through my presentation about what I will be doing, what God will be doing, um, I pray that he will be blessing you through, um, through this presentation, seeing that God uses everybody. I am 23 years old, and somehow God manages to use me. He manages to use all of us, no matter where we are in our life, how old, however young, um, which is amazing, and he's constantly blowing my mind. So let's go ahead and get started. A little bit about me. Um, I guess it's kind of hard to see, but um, <laughs> I'm 23. Um, I'm from here, McKinney. I grew up here at Hillcrest Christian Church, and um, I have two amazing parents here, Dinah and Jay, and uh, sister Natalie lives up in Ohio, and they've been a uh, huge support to me, so I'm very thankful for them in this congregation. Um, I uh, graduated from Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas, with a degree in Bible and missions, so that has, something, has been something that God has had on my heart for a very long time, uh, to do mission work and to spread his good word. And I'm currently at Harding School of Theology. I'm in seminary working on my master's right now. And uh, he's just been blessing me through that. I've been in Memphis, and now I'm about to set sail to uh, Antalya, Turkey. I am also dating one of the most amazing people ever, Nathan House. He is currently doing mission work in Cairo, Egypt, and then will be part of the same team in Turkey, which we'll talk more about later. But he's amazing. Um, wedding bells may be ringing sometime soon, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, we can go to the next slide. All right, a little bit about the Middle East. So the Middle East uh, are all of these countries pictured here on this map. Uh, they contain 18 different countries. One of them includes Turkey, which you can see through the arrow is up there on the, uh, on the top. Um, Turkey itself kind of straddles Europe and the Middle East because part of Istanbul is in Europe, and then there's a little divide and the rest of it is in the Middle East. So it's kind of a little straddle of like Eastern, Western culture. You can go on to the next slide. A little bit of an overview of Turkey. It is the 19th largest country in terms of population, believe it or not. So it's actually up there in terms of population of people. There's many different people groups. Um, I'm sure you've been hearing on the news about a lot going on with the Kurdish population and everything going on there in the East part of Turkey. Um, it is a republic. Uh, so they have, like, president, they have parliament, actually. It's kind of more a British system. Um, so it's actually very cool that they get to elect different officials, and the country is involved in a lot of the politics. It is, legally, it is a secular nation. As we'll talk, um, it is not secular, necessarily. In fact, uh, the population is about 98% Muslim. However, they do pride themselves on being a legally secular country, so it is legal to be a Christian, which is good news, um, most definitely. Uh, it is a very rich culture. There is a lot of history and influence as Turkish people with the Ottoman Empire. Uh, they have, you know, rich coffee, rich food, uh, rich hospitality. Uh, it is a very bright, vibrant culture. And uh, they're very family-centered. That's kind of an important part of of what I will be doing as being a women's minister or working under a women's minister is that family is the core of the culture. And so 
to be able to spread the word of God, it's being with people and it's being with the parents and making sure that the children are being well taken care of because people are it. So you have to take a lot of time to be with people and invest and show that you care about them especially. Um, there's some pictures I have of their food, of uh, a, a Turkish mosque up there. Um, you may not be able to see it very well, but I just kind of wanted to explain a little bit more about in the culture that it is a little bit more Western, Eastern influence combined. So women, if you can even see it in the picture, some women have on hijabs like the scarf on, some women don't. Uh, it's kind of up to them how seriously they take their faith. Um, so if you're walking down the street, you might see half the women with hijabs on and then half the women with shorts, no hijab, just kind of living their life. So it's very interesting, the mix. All right, we can go on to the next slide. Um, the place I will be going to is Antalya, Turkey. And Antalya, as you can see by the dot, it's in the southern portion of the country. It's this beautiful city that lies on the coast of the Mediterranean. Um, you can see the mountains kind of there in the background behind all the apartment buildings. Um, it is a very beautiful place. And there's approximately 2 million people there, so it's a very large city kind of tucked away there in front of the mountains. Um, it is popular for tourism, uh, for agriculture, and for education. In fact, in the summertime, uh, Antalya is a very hot spot for tourists. So you get a lot of people from Russia. You get a lot of people from the Middle East coming there because it's just so beautiful. And again, the people are hospitable. And a lot of the people there speak English. So it's very, um, very easy for people to go there and tour around. Um, education. So this is actually a big part of the ministry of the team that I will be joining, uh, which we can talk about a little bit later. Uh, there's a very large university, Octanese University, which has about 65,000 students, most of whom are unreached. Uh, and so there's a big university ministry there, although you can't call it university ministry, but they are an English kind of club, English school that's there on the campus. And so students who want to come and learn more English, they can come there. And through relationships with the, the people working there, um, they can come to know Christ, which is very, very cool. All right, next slide. Really quick side note about the Apostle Paul and Antalya. So let me read this from Acts 14, 24 through 28. Then they passed through, uh, this is uh, Paul's first missionary journey. He went on three, and this is his very first one. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perge, they went down to Atalia, which is Antalya. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for their work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remained no little time with the disciples. Now, in this uh, passage, I wanted to share this for two purposes. One, to show that Paul actually went to Antalya, which is very cool. Uh, <laughs> and then two, uh, as we've been talking about Thanksgiving, uh, when Paul, uh, when he went back to Antioch, where he had been sent out from, um, he stayed there no little time when he went back, and he shared 
everything that God had been doing. And I think we, sometimes in the busyness of life, because I know that of myself, I sometimes forget to stop and to reflect on what God has done and what God has been doing. And to not just that do that, but to share that. And so I really challenge you guys, as y'all are on your mission with God through this life, whether it's the last year, the last five years, or maybe even just the last month, that you stop and reflect on what God has been doing and share that with somebody. What has God been doing through you or through people around you, and how can you share that with people? And in no little time either, make sure that this is praising God for what he has been doing. And so share that. Take your time to share that. All right, on to the next one, the Turkish church. So I will be working with a team consisting of two larger families who are from the States and two uh, single women who have been over there for a couple of years. They are amazing people who have been working very closely with the Turkish people. They're very respectable, uh, and they all have their hand in different ministries, whether it's women's ministry, which I'll be working under one of the women on the team who's the women's minister, or university ministry, or the church as a core. Um, and we work all with the Turkish church. So uh, SPCC Antalya stands for St. Paul's Cultural Center Antalya. So in Turkey, even though it's legal to be Christian, it's not legal to just go and start up a church. Like you can't just buy a building and be like, okay, we're going to be a church now. You have to have something else that it's under. So for this church and for the church in Antalya, uh, they started a cultural center. So on like the first level, they open it up as a cafe, as a restaurant, but it's known throughout the community to be run by Christians. And so a lot of the ministers stay there and a lot of people wander in kind of like, okay, I know St. Paul's is a Christian place. I have questions about Christianity or maybe I just want to get a cappuccino. And through that, they're able to kind of evangelize to people who come in, um, but also be legal about it because it's a cultural center and not necessarily a church. Um, but on the second floor is where the church does meet. And there's actually three different churches that meet there. One is the Turkish church, who we'll be working a lot with. There's an international church that's like English service because there's actually a lot of like English speakers who are there, expats. Um, and then there are a couple of actually Iranian churches that also meet up there because there's a lot of Iranian refugees in the area. Um, it is a Protestant church, and they actually have two church plants already. So this picture of St. Paul's right there in kind of the downtown area, that's the headquarters. But they started another church plant that has another cultural center kind of on the west or the east side of the city. And now they're starting another one on the west side of Antalya, and it's set to open up in Easter, which is really, really incredible. Um, the church is just growing. And again, it's, it's Turkish-run, Turkish-led, and we're just there to be a part of that and to help with the evangelizing. Um, again, there's the Turkish, um, the English ministry at the Turkish University. They have that going. Um, a little bit on persecution. So... It is illegal to evangelize in public, to just grab someone and start talking to them about Jesus. Uh, no one will really, like, come up and, like, arrest you on the spot or anything, but people would be very uncomfortable about that. 
Um, there actually have been a few ministers killed back in, I believe it was 2007. There were three ministers who were killed actually like in their church buildings in the east part of Turkey. Um, however, when that happened, the, the community just totally kicked out those, those killers. Um, the Turkish people are very kind. Um, even though there has been a lot of really, really bad, um, unjust things going on in the East, as a whole, the people are very hospitable and don't want any harm done to Christians, to Muslims, to anybody. So um, they're very protective, um, even though we might believe something different. Um, Overall, they're not hostile, and many are actually seeking Jesus. And that's one reason, which I can talk about why I'm going to Turkey, why God is sending me there, because the Spirit is moving in amazing ways, and people are actually asking questions about Jesus and about him being the Son of God, and they're wanting to know, okay, there's something different about Jesus, and there's something different about Christianity, and we want to know what that is. So there's a lot of people seeking all right, on to the next slide. So again, why Antalya? <sighs> calling. Um, I have felt a calling from God for many years to go and serve Muslim people in particular. I wasn't sure when, where, how, but ever since about high school with one of my friends uh, who is Muslim, I just felt this, this burden but also this joy. You know, this burden of like, oh my goodness, if only you know only you knew Jesus and how amazing he is, but also this joy of sharing who he is and that he is the way and the truth and the life. And so there's kind of this mix that's been in my heart for many years, and so that has been part of a calling. Um, uh, past internships. Um, over my time at Harding University, I've gone on a few mission trips and a few internships. Uh, one of those was to um, Zambia in, in Africa, and there I learned a lot about what the body of Christ really looks like as a support system um, and how we are unified and we are here to help one another and to be the body of Christ. And then I also went and interned two years ago in Antalya. So this will not be my very first time going to Turkey. This will actually be my third time going because two summers ago I had an internship there, worked with the same team, the same church, the same people, um, and God was just really drawing me closer to Turkey and giving me a lot of peace about moving there. Um, the third reason is encouragement from peers and mentors. Uh, I've been encouraged through a lot of people, both there in Turkey and from here, that this is, this is something that God is calling me to, and they've been equipping me and um, giving me a lot of encouragement to do that. Fourth reason is the receptiveness of the people, um, especially among the youth. Again, people are seeking. People are seeking God in Turkey and in the Middle East in ways that have never been seen since the beginning of Islam. And you can, um, you can read books about it. You can listen to lectures. There is something going on. God is doing something amazing in the Middle East right now, and his spirit is sweeping through. People are having visions of Jesus. One of my friends, Bita, she's actually from Iran, and she had to flee to Turkey uh, because she became a Christian, and Jesus came to her. He came to her in, the dream, in a dream and said, follow me. And you'll find stories of that, that exact same thing happening to 
thousands of people in the Middle East. It's amazing. Like, people who haven't even talked to a Christian before, they'll say, Jesus came to me, and he's calling me to follow him. It's incredible. So now, now that we know, and now that we can be equipped and called, now we can go and help and help show people, okay, this is, this is the Bible. This is who Jesus is. This is why he's calling you. Um, and then finally, uh, last and maybe not least, uh, I really miss and want to work alongside Nathan. Um, both of us see, um, see us working in the Middle East uh, for the next foreseeable future. So Lord willing, um, us getting married, we want to do missions in the Middle East, and I really miss him. He's half a world away, and I want to see him. Um, I wanted you to meet somebody in Turkey and just share with you a little testimony. This is Melek. She's there on the bottom. And that's me up there. We're sharing cheesecake at a coffee shop. And before I share this story, uh, just culturally, again, how family is at the core, people are at the core. One of the best ways to minister is just sitting and having coffee with people. In fact, um, in college nowadays, the big thing to do is to go out and have coffee, you know? Like, let's go, let's meet up for coffee. Uh, like between all of our studying and everything like that. Everyone wants to meet up for coffee and just chat. And so whenever I went over for my internship to Turkey for the very first time, I remember talking with Emily, one of the women on the team. I said, okay, Emily, so what do you do? How do you talk with people? Like, what do you do? What do you go out and do? And she said, you sit and you have coffee and tea with them. And I was like, well, I can do that. I mean, I do it all the time at school anyway. So. <laughs> so this is what we were doing. We would go out and have coffee and tea all the time. Uh, my very first summer that I was there. So Malik is in her late 20s, and she is Muslim. And in fact, now she wears a hijab because she feels like that's what, um, what her God, Allah, has called her to. And she's getting married here very soon as well. However, the very first summer that I was there, uh, we met up very, I would say randomly, but it was definitely by the Holy Spirit, we met at the university when we were doing a prayer walk around the university and meeting with some students and coming up with some things to do that summer um, for the university ministry. And she just happened to come over to our table, saw that we were from America, and she wanted to kind of practice her English and get to know us, so she sat next to me, and we just hit it off, and we just started talking, talking, talking. And we hung out the rest of that summer. She took me up into the mountains, we went and got coffee again all the time, and we shared our stories with each other. And she told me that she was seeking Jesus, and she actually came to church a couple of times, which is very, very cool. It was great to have her there worshiping with her. The story has not ended, um, as it has not with us, but with her, she has, not, um, she has not devoted her life to Christ, to God yet, um, but I still am in great contact with her. The missionaries there are still in amazing contact with her. And I can't wait to see you here, hopefully here in a few months, and get to meet up and continue that relationship with her and get to just show her the love of God and the truth of him and of his son. Um, so definitely be praying for Melek. And there are thousands of women like her and men. And I pray that God continues to use me um, over there prayer requests. Um, I have a few prayer requests. If you guys uh, would want to jot these down, keep them in your head. Uh, for one, just spiritual and emotional preparedness. 
Um, this semester has actually been kind of hard for me um, being in Memphis because I've been kind of in a constant state of transition. I just moved to Memphis, Tennessee, and now I'm moving again. It's, it's funny whenever you open yourself to be used by God how the enemy doesn't like that, <laughs> you know? Um, and you are seen as a good target, which in one sense it's like, that's amazing that you're an awesome target because you're opening yourself up to God. But then at the other hand, you're an amazing target, and there's a, you know, there's a lot of hardness that comes from that. And so um, if you could pray for me, uh, for my emotional well-being and my spiritual well-being, that I would hold on to the cornerstone that is Christ, that he would be my rock and uh, that I wouldn't be shaken by the winds and the waves of this world. Second request is the, um, I'm preparing a Barnabas team. So again, Barnabas was this encourager uh, and speaker of truth. And something that has been really encouraged to me is to have stateside this team, this uh, core group of people that I can constantly turn to and ask for prayer. And so I've been um, creating this group of people, mostly women, who I can turn to. And so just prayers for them as they are preparing to help me while I'm overseas. Also, this has very much been answered, but having a larger community of people supporting me, like Hillcrest and other congregations that are supporting me, and individuals as well. If you could continue to pray for those communities, that they would be uh, open and that they would be praying for me and supporting me. Um, struggles in Turkey. Like, of course, whenever I go over there, my stuff doesn't, you know, remain in the States. So if you could just continue to pray for me as I'm over there and kind of learning my place on the team, my place in the church. Uh, as I'm learning language, I'll be starting language school while I'm over there. If you could pray for Nathan, he's, going, he's in Cairo, Egypt right now, and he's going to actually be going to Saudi Arabia here pretty soon to travel with uh, another missionary, and then we'll be meeting up in, in um, Antalya, Turkey. So if you could continue to pray for him with the work that he's doing in the church in Cairo and uh, in our relationship as well, if you would be praying for that. And then finally, if you would be praying for Turkey and the Turkish church. They're constantly in need of prayer as uh, even if, like from what I said, there isn't too much persecution, there is still persecution because Islam is a very, um, is a very deep-seated uh, religion, and it, it, it's in the families and it's in the people. Uh, in fact, there's a saying that to be Turkish is to be Muslim, and so even if you don't always practice it, just kind of by default, if you're born in Turkey, you are Muslim, um, which Dirty and I were talking about earlier, and. Um, so if you'd be praying that as people are seeking Jesus, that they recognize that that is their citizenship, that, that like their new family is the Christian family and is the body of Christ and not so much just the country as a whole. And that also if you just pray for them as they're doing their outreach, um, that, you'd get, that God would just give them faith and confidence in that. All right, we can go into the next one. I've already talked with the missions committee, and we've been talking about a lot of things. But if you just continue to pray for uh, my, my financial needs, because I have to pay for it and groceries and things while I'm over there, and also um, hopefully be able to participate and give to the church and a lot of the ministry needs over there. So if you just continue to be praying for me as I am um, raising funds financially, and I ask and challenge you guys if y'all would be... Um, participatory in that 
and helping me get over there and be over there and stay over there and continue to be a blessing over there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And um, I know I didn't have kind of a day-by-day kind of layout up there of what I would be doing. So um, I'll just go ahead and share that now. Um, I'll be doing women's ministry while I'm over there. And uh, the women of Turkey um, have faced a lot of challenges because of the culture, of um, different traumas that a lot of women face in Turkey. And so to focus on the women both in the church and outside of the church is crucial and one that has kind of been neglected over the years by the church. And so I will be working with uh, Anne Leday, who has just been appointed within the last year to be the women's minister. And so I am going to be working with her um, probably more in like the afternoons and evenings. And in the mornings, I'll be taking Turkish. I'll be learning the language because uh, I've had one missions professor say that that language is the currency of culture. In order to talk with people, in order to share and engage with people, it's really good to know the language, you know, that they're speaking. It's like if someone came up to one of us and started speaking in Japanese and trying to share with us good things, it's like, well, it's great what you're sharing, but I don't know what you're saying, you know. And so to have that in the same language is very, very important. Um, So I'll be doing language studies, working with the church. Uh, hopefully working with the university. I don't want to spread myself too thin, so I'm just going to try to feel out the places that God has me whenever I'm there. But the church really is um, really is the core of a lot that happens there in Antalya, and it's amazing to see what God is doing in the church, the Turkish church. They have about 300 members right now, and it's just growing, especially with the youth. The youth are just on fire for Jesus and sharing him with, with their peers. And um, so I ask that you guys continue to pray for me as I will be going over to Antalya, Turkey, that I would rely on God, um, that there's the spirit of God who makes us able. And I have set out in the lobby, I have some yummy Turkish little foods there if you guys would like to try any. And little prayer cards, if you want to take those, stick them in your wallet or on the fridge. And also, I'll be sending out updates to the church, but if you'd like to personally get an update from me, I have my computer set up so you can put in your email to get updates from me. And I'll also be out there if you have more questions about anything that I've I've said. If it has gone too fast (laughs) and you need to uh, understand something better, But I'm thankful for Hillcrest and the body that you are. And I pray that you realize that you guys are connected with them. As as the body of Christ, when we take the blood and the body at communion, that we are connected forever in the body of Christ. And that includes the people in Antalya, Turkey, who just took communion earlier this morning. We're all one body, and we can support each other in so many ways. Uh, So thank you so much. And um, let me know if you have any questions or anything else that I can do to, to serve you. Thank you for your encouragement to me. And, um, yeah, thank you. <laughs>